0: Did Joe Biden commit an impeachable offense? Kind of looks like he might have. And also, what in the world is in this massive new infrastructure bill? Well, people are finally starting to read the 2,700 pages and come out with some stuff that may be a little bit interesting. Thanks for tuning into The Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob, and it starts right about now. Three, two, one here we go. Live from a dingy bunker, completely cut off from the outside world. Thanks for tuning in to the Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob. We've got a really interesting one for you today. Did Joe Biden, in fact, commit an impeachable offense? Uh, Is there any good to this infrastructure bill? And also a bunch of headlines from late last week and the weekend we did. uh, We were off on uh, Friday, Thursday and Friday. My wife and I went to Disneyland, had a had a great time over there. Um, but yeah, catch you up on stuff that happened last week, uh, as well as uh, over the weekend. And also, again, should Joe Biden be impeached for an actual legitimate thing? Not just because we dislike Joe Biden, but for a real thing that his administration did. And also, what in the world is in the infrastructure bill? But before we get to all that, I have to tell you about capitalist Propaganda. Now, you may be thinking, capitalist propaganda? Isn't that a bad thing? Well, yeah. If you're AOC, capitalist propaganda is a bad thing. But apparently, we live in a world today, in a country today, where we have to defend capitalism. I thought that was over with, but unfortunately, people pushing socialism and communism and all this other sort of crazy, nonsensical nonsense, we have to promote capitalism. So, capitalistpropaganda.us is the best way to show your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Head over to CapitalistPropaganda.us where you can get all of the best capitalist propaganda gear. It's up to you to spread capitalist propaganda to defeat the empire. A lot of cool, fun designs over at Capitalism Propaganda, CapitalistPropaganda.us. This is probably my favorite one. This is the one I'm wearing today. Go ahead, says Capitalism. Use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. Because, of course, Capitalism is, is responsible for the ability to tweet. Uh, a lot of other cool, cool, fun designs over at CapitalistPropaganda.us. So head over to CapitalistPropaganda.us pick up your capitalist propaganda gear, tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. If you're brand new to the show, you can also check it out on well, wherever we're watching right now. You can check it out on any other platform. You can also listen to the Joe Bob Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your your podcast intake each and every day to get caught up on the news of the day and really any other jokes that we might have about culture and politics and anything going on in the world. So, Without further ado, we have a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about today, and we do have a fun guest. Uh, this guy is a digital marketer who works for The Daily Caller and founder of Capital Media Labs. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Winehold. Harrison, how are you doing today? Let me make you a little bit bigger. Hey, guys.
1: How are you? This is my uh, Obama tan suit. This suit is infrastructure.
0: <laughs> Dude, Joe Biden wore a tan suit. Do you think that was a part of it? Uh, like last week?
1: You got you to gotta go back to the to the ones that, that brought you. That's the winner every time the tan suit gets them going.
0: Dude, it's funny because I, I wear a tan suit quite often uh, because I uh, it's cooler for me. I'm a sweaty guy when I go to weddings, especially in hot California. Uh, I get sweaty wearing a dark suit. Tan suits just feel breathable, right?
1: I am the sweatiest, fattest person on earth, and I live in the hottest, <laughs> swampiest place on earth, New Orleans. So I 100% understand.
0: Well, you're looking good, man. I like the suit. I like uh, I like that you sh- came prepared. Really, just it shows you know you're you're dignified. You're a, uh, a <laughs> just a, yeah. you know well, overwhelmingly uh, prepared. For this. <laughs> I think it might be misplaced on this show, but nevertheless, uh, I appreciate it. So, without uh, you know further ado, uh, we, we're going to get into the headlines over the weekends. The Olympics wrapped up. Uh, I don't care at all. I don't know if you do. Uh, I don't care all about the Olympics, uh, except for uh, this hilarious – well, the Olympics – I used to care a lot about the Olympics. Uh, I don't anymore, and I think a lot of it's because of the uh, wokeness and everything going on in there. The ratings were terrible. Any news that seemed to come out of it seemed to be bad. Uh, The U.S. women's soccer team got a lot of – Credit? No, not credit. Uh, They got a lot of notoriety uh, for their stunts. However, uh, with the Olympics closing, I did want to take this opportunity to play this hilarious clip. This is the—now, we're all familiar, Harrison, you're familiar with the transgender weightlifter story, right? Uh, I am. 43-year-old former man uh, competing in— Weightlifting. Uh, the gold medalist, the gold, silver, and bronze medalists were in an interview, and they were asked this question. Let's uh, let's take a look.
1: Night here uh, with Laurel Hubbard competing as the first openly transgender in a uh, in a uh, individual event. I was wondering, you know, what you felt about that, and what you felt that that it took place in in your sport. No, thank you. Well, here's what I was going to say. It seems like all the wokeness is only coming from the United States, like athletes. Like, I never hear some woke story from literally anywhere else where, like, maybe people actually go through like really awful circumstances. Like, the entire marketing of the Olympics tends to be. I'm somebody from somewhere in America. My life is horrible because I'm depressed. I was addicted to drugs. Like what other first world problem I have? And then you like and then it's like I'm actually just going to like spurn my country that I'm representing and I'm just going to like maybe not do that well or just bail because I'm stressed out. Meanwhile, there's like child soldiers competing. There's like people who've like lost their entire families in wars and they're like oh my God, this is a great opportunity. I love my country. And like anywhere, like this is a great, like I can compete against anybody. It's like a free market system. It's like everything that is amazing about like Western society kind of comes together in the Olympic Games. And somehow we still won like more medals than everybody yeah. else just because that's just what goes We're down. And awesome. it's like, I don't get the sob story from anybody else. It's always the American people that are just like the saddest, most depressing stories ever. And then well, I mean, the transverse, she's not from the U.S., right? Isn't she New Zealand? No, she's, or, from, or? she's from
0: New Zealand. You, it's funny, to, to hit on your point, you don't yeah, you don't hear uh, the people from Iran complaining about their government in their country or the people from China uh, because they actually have problems there. And if they do complain about their country on the world stage, yeah, you can kiss your family and friends goodbye. They're all gone now. You're probably going to be sent off to a re-education camp and be yeah. knitting socks for Nikki in the Xinjiang province uh, if you were to... Outwardly project any distaste for the communist or socialist or tyrannical government that you're coming from. It's the most egregious demonstration of
1: Western privilege you can possibly have. Like, just the idea that you can totally just, like crap on your own country. You can totally just like crap on your own flag, your own teammates really in a lot of ways too. Like people that have worked their ass off to get where they are and Mm -hmm. everybody else in the Olympics too. It kind of cheapens. Like it basically says, yeah, I know this is like a really important time for you, but like, it's not, you know, for me, it's just, I hate America and America sucks and all this. It's like, what's going on? What is going (laughs) on? I mean, it's fine, but it's like, You get this. It's a great example of you have the beautiful privilege to just complain and complain. And like you said, there's no backlash. It's actually applauded. And that's just a sad state of where our country is in general. I think that's why a lot of people aren't watching the Olympics.
0: Yeah. Well, to get, to get back to that video that we just played really quick, I, and I forgot to mention, we probably got to move these things, these things fairly quick because we do have some awesome stories about did Joe Biden commit an impeachable offense and also what the heck is in the infrastructure bill. Um, but just really quick on that particular thing. Notice the reporter said, how do you feel about the first transgender woman in weightlifting? And none of the top three competitors said anything except for finally the Americans said, no, thank you. I, I don't want to talk about that. So Just keep in mind, if you're listening out there, the majority of people are on the same side. The woke media doesn't represent the ideas of the actual people. Uh, Clearly, the top three people competitors in that weight division were like, this doesn't. And also, not to mention the fact that they just competed in a sport that they've been working their entire lives towards. And that's the question they ask, not anything about their preparation, their lifestyle, their family, where they come from, how proud they are of, to be doing what they're doing. They get asked about the 43-year-old transgender weightlifter. Like, come on.
1: Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, it's also bad sports journalism. Yeah. Uh, And I I mean, we've we've seen it in other places. It's just it's the sideshow gets the gets the um, gets the media coverage. It's just like when Tim Tebow comes to practice or anything like that. Right. All they care about is like the sideshow who might not even make the team instead of like the guys that have been there actually working the whole time.
0: Yeah, huh? but sells jerseys, but he sells jerseys, yeah, yeah. so that's a great right. thing. And it's like, so <laughs> this is
1: like, oh, let me let's get a comment from these people. Let's see if they'll say something. And honestly, like hats off to them for just like sitting there, taking their drink of water and saying, Nope, move on. Next question. Thanks. Yeah. I, I I love that.
0: I love that. Yeah. We
1: have to do that because, like you just said, nobody cares except for Twitter.
0: Like yeah. literally Twitter, nobody cares. Universe.
1: And I don't think anybody on Twitter's watching the Olympics unless they're trying to see something like that like strokes their woke ego, like somebody protesting the American flag. God forbid anybody protested the American flag. Somehow that doesn't happen at the
0: Olympics. I don't get it, but <laughs> like, I, it's, it's just crazy to me. The- the Twitterverse uh, would also probably be mad at this particular story. Democrat Andrew Cuomo has resigned amidst damning sexual harassment allegation. Oh, wait, no, he hasn't uh, because he's a Democrat leader in a blue state and he's waiting it out to see what happens. So, uh, yeah, the, the headline here is Andrew Cuomo has not resigned yet. Uh, he figured out that he's just going to weather the storm. Remember earlier in the last previous sexual allegations that he had against him, brother Chris Cuomo, Cuomo bro, bro Cuomo, uh, told him, just weather it out. Just all of these stories blow over, uh, and it appears that that's what he's doing right now. His top aide uh, did resign yesterday, but uh, it, it, shoe on the other foot, what uh, what would the media? I mean, because because really it was a it was a big story late last week, and it's kind of fizzled out. I didn't really hear much about it over the weekend um, from your lefty media because he's probably just going to stick it out, and that's what Democrats tend to do.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing's kind of sick. Fredo, his brother, just running cover for him. Um, <laughs> <Fredo>. Just everybody's <laughs> helping him out. Listen, um, he's definitely, I don't think he's going to resign. When Democrats do things, there's definitely a double standard. I don't think anybody can even deny that at this point. You look at what happened in Virginia. I'm from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened there with,
0: you oh, know, the black plan the face. Black <laughs> Can't, I and don't know which one I was guide, I'm the trying to remember second guy, right and then the lieutenant governor also had done blackface and then the secretary of state of whoever. Well, so what happened well, well the lieutenant governor black so
1: what happened he did he sexually harassed somebody oh so and that was basically <laughs> the governor's uh campaign like trashing their own democratic <laughs> lieutenant governor so everybody goes oh well he can't resign because then the lieutenant governor sexually harassed somebody that's yeah. gross. That's some old school Virginia backwood southern lawyer shit or stuff. Sorry, excuse my French, uh, but it is a uh, it is unbelievable um, the way that the dim- it is a it's a cognitive dissonance. But I will say, like pretty much everybody's called for his reg- resignation. I think you just have to check that box, right? Yeah. But it's like just because it's so blatant and ridiculous, and because a black yeah. female attorney general came out, right? It's not like some Republican was like is like trying to do yeah, a witch yeah. hunt. On yeah. uh, Cuomo, like they did with Trump and everybody else, like if this happened with a Republican, it would it mm-hmm. would have been so obviously partisan and it would have been so orchestrated. Like mm-hmm. the, the the Republicans had nothing to do with this, right? Basically, like mm-hmm. this is just a legit the left eating its own. And he's maybe he is just a bad guy and a sexual harasser, which is, is. you know despicable. That's awful. But um, this isn't like some coordinated attack by the right to try and dig up something on him. This is a legit. Thing that he thinks he can just... I mean, the media is on his side. The, he's going to get away with it. He's been governor forever. Their family's been in power forever. There's way too many mm-hmm. connections. I mean, you just just look at everybody who's involved with the Epstein stuff. None of them are like... Nobody cares. Nobody says anything. Like, these guys have been on his island a hundred times after he was uh, convicted. They bring it up, yeah. but then it's like, oh, that's just a right-wing smear campaign. Like, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all cover for, for the left, always. Um, but so I mean, what's,
0: yeah. So, so what's interesting uh, is you've got the country bookended by two very, very blue states, New York, obviously, and Cuomo and his situation on the left side. And then California on the other side that's about to have a recall, which is our next headline. The recall in California is getting tighter and tighter. It's possible that King Gavin might even be forced to debate somebody. Uh, Larry Elder is polling very well. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other uh uh, gubernatorial candidates. Kevin Kiley was on the show last week. Uh, he's also running for governor. There's a lot of great options, um, but it's just interesting that uh, the two Democrat governors uh, were, one, it looked really bad at the beginning. like They were going to get out of office. Uh, same thing happened with Cuomo. And then it kind of fizzled out and nobody really said anything. And now they're back both on the chopping block. Uh, the California recall election is September 14th. And King Gavin in uh, his political. So I've, I've got an insider source. I'm not going to tell you who she is, but she met with the governor's political team and said they are legitimately scared. A couple of weeks ago, they were saying uh, eh, it's going to blow over. It's going to be fine. He's going to survive. Uh, the polling is not in his favor at this point. It's, uh, we did a story in it last week where the polling was neck and neck. Now it's even tipped more towards the recall side uh, for King Gavin. Do people outside of California care all about that? I know you're in Louisiana. Uh, you're from Virginia. Does anybody, does anybody care? Because this is Obviously a huge story for us Californians.
1: It yeah, I mean it sounds like liberal bubble stuff. Um mm-hmm. and w- what happens in those like one party states like that, like it's yeah. really hard to get them to really fight against each other, right? Because they all kind of have to work with each other to get to the next step in their career. So it's like it's hard to like take a stand, I think, against like so, like a powerhouse like the Gavin Newsom. Like that's a huge crime family, basically, right? Isn't he? Like, I think he's Nancy yeah. Pelosi's nephew.
0: related to Nancy Pelosi, his uh, wife. That's like the whole syndicate. Yeah. So it's like you can't, if
1: you're going against him, you better, you're coming for the king. So like these people are ready to go and they're not playing around. This isn't like, let's, I'm I'm another Democrat just like going to run against you in the primary, but eventually we're all going to like be friends and I'll be lieutenant governor or something. Like, no, people are coming for his head. I think people are tired of it. Mm -hmm. I think California has got a few more based people than like people are kind of like, Really know about? I mean, it's a totally blue state, but there's a lot of angry people there. A lot of people's lives were changed. A lot of Democrats. And, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And and, 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 so, and yeah, Gavin,
1: in no way, shape, or form, like was humble or he likes or, to go by King just, Gavin. He, yeah, I mean, he flaunted it. He did the, you know, it's the Marie Antoinette, Louis the Fourteenth, Sixteenth. I don't know, one of those uh, guys. One of the Louis. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, like let-them-eat-cake kind of ideology, and I think yeah. it's uh, people really are over it, even even strong Democrats.
0: Yeah, uh, Gavin Gavin eats in all the nice restaurants, flies on private panes, doesn't fly Spirit. Spirit has had a terrible last week. I don't know if you're following this story. We we'll, won't get on this for much longer, but uh, the discount airlines have to have planes in the air all the time. A bunch of Spirit planes got stuck in Florida, which caused like a week of delays, and there are still thousands and thousands of people around the country stuck, because Spirit Airlines can't get their flight uh, flights in the air, that's really all there is for that story. The last story of the headlines is really interesting. This was last week. Um, we were off the air on Thursday and Friday, but this happened I, or this came to the scene uh, Thursday morning, I believe. I saw it on the Daily Caller. But uh, let's take a listen to this. This is a this is a, this is Representative Cory Bush of St. Louis. I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm gonna make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending 200,000, if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. One more time. If I spend 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. Suck it up, Harrison. You don't have a cop showing up at your house? You don't have private security? Suck it up, dude. I get Um, security, but you don't.
1: I would love to see who she's paying for private security. For some reason, I feel like it's somebody she knows. I don't know why. Just, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it just seems um, like oh, really. real, it's just like, what if I have to spend $200,000 on, on private security? Like, first off, I've never heard of this lady to be honest. And I don't think anybody's trying to assassinate her. Like that would be the most <laughs> obscure assassination like ever. Like I, is she in, is she in Georgia? Is that's the, no, in, I uh,
0: Missouri, I believe.
1: Okay. Right. So I, Who in Missouri is like, we gotta assassinate this lady. This will be like the beginning of like the coup of all the people you're gonna assassinate. I've seen that chick on TV maybe once, twice. (laughs) I I literally work in politics. I have no idea who that person is. So I don't think anybody's assassinating her. And I love that like, it's a pretty classic thing. I think for Democrats, Republicans, I, I don't notice it as much. I think it happens sometimes too, but the rhetoric, like they get into these lanes of their rhetoric where Uh they can't like, they don't even realize their own logic, like they're just spinning into a circle. So they're like, I really like, it's dangerous out here. I feel like I need security. I'm, man, I think it's really dangerous, but at the same, like not thinking like, maybe I should, maybe we should invest in law enforcement or like try to get more cops on the street or something like that. It's it's social safety (laughs) nets. It's the most bland term, like just generic term. We need more social safety nets. I guarantee you, wherever she lives, whatever area she's in charge of is probably heavily funded with social safety nets. I'm just going to take a guess. I'm just going to take a guess.
0: (laughs) And I I bet nobody's
1: trying to assassinate her either. So like who's, what is, I just want to see the threats on her life. It's probably like (laughs) she used to work at Applebee's and somebody made a Yelp review. Like, I hate this. I hate this manager. Like, There's people probably on her Facebook page being like, God, I wish this bitch would die. And that's not like, that's not a death threat. I'm sorry. Nobody cares who you are, lady. They just want you to not spend their freaking tax dollars on private security. That was tax dollar money, right? Uh, Where is she privately
0: funding her own? private it stuff. If she's been, doing that, if, well, then fine. I don't really care. It's stupid. Well, it might be campaign. Like, it might be campaign money. Who knows? But uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Right. Right. So, the record, okay. Laundering money.
1: Laundering money through an expensive private security firm. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> and definitely t- talk about it on TV. I'm sure you won't get audited. Come on. Please. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm sure the uh, FBI yeah. in Missouri is actually too busy like creating false flags with like <laughs> low IQ rednecks out in the boonies and just completely ignoring like campaign finance crime. I that doesn't
0: surprise me. So, there you go. For for the record, I'm going to say this. Nope. We don't want to kill her. We do not we not approve of violence here, which is that no. it's, it's you make you make a funny point. Um, yeah, so that's that's Cory Bush saying that we need to defund the police but I need to have private security. So, those are headlines for the weekend. Uh, wrap it up. Uh, just just a really chaotic last week and over the weekend. Um, we got a really interesting story coming out of the Wall Street Journal about the GOP uh, compliance with the infrastructure bill. And we're going to get to that right in a few seconds. But at first, I have to tell you about capitalist propaganda. Capitalist propaganda is the best way to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Apparently, we have to defend capitalism. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us where you can get all the latest capitalist propaganda gear uh, to, again, promote capitalism. Uh, got some fun designs. This is the one I'm wearing today, capitalism. Go ahead, use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. Uh, You're welcome. Love capitalism. Capitalism rocks. A lot of fun designs over at CapitalistPropaganda.us. So if you get a chance, go on, head on over to CapitalistPropaganda.us. Tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck with capitalist propaganda. Uh, And so speaking of capitalist propaganda, we have to defend capitalism because – Socialism is very much encroaching on what it is that we're doing. Interesting piece from Kimberly Strassel out of the Wall Street Journal uh, titled The GOP's Bad Infrastructure Deal. Uh, This came out late last week, but again, we were off Thursday, Friday. But I really wanted to get this on. Starts off with, it isn't just the Biden administration that is keen to redefine the term infrastructure. A growing number of Republican senators are getting in the act as well. More uh, and more fool the party. (laughs) A bipartisan group of 10 senators last week finally released the 2700 page, which here's some stuff right. There. Do you, did anybody read that? In your opinion, did anybody read the 2700 pages of the new infrastructure bill? uh Oh, you're muted. I muted you. There we go. You're unmuted.
1: Sorry about that. From uh, growing up uh, in the D.C. area, from what I know about people that work on uh, Capitol Hill, uh, the only thing they read are tweets. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think Seriously. they read infrastructure well, and, bills.
0: And, and not to get on this crazy other tangent, I'll just leave it here. But Kamala Harris came out and said, yeah, when she was running for president and got no support whatsoever, she was misled by Twitter. And a lot of politicians are and a lot of people on the Hill are misled by Twitter. They don't read the actual bill. But anyways, uh, leaving that there, uh, explaining that they would work day and night to finalize the legislation to work on this historic investment in hard infrastructure that will create Good paying jobs. All of those were actually in quotes from Kimberly Strassel. Uh, as well, the GOP members of the group uh, said, might think that infrastructure sounds a lot better than spendathon or central planning or corporate bayouts or Solyndra, if you remember that scandal from the Obama era, and Green New Deal, all of which are real descriptions of this behemoth of a bill because it's a ton more spending, a ton more debt that we're going to be taking on, uh, and it's apparently going to pass in a bipartisan, bipartisan way. Um, so she continues, which is inter- interesting, Um So the reason they're calling it infrastructure is because polling shows that the majority of Americans support the idea of infrastructure spending. And the bill would lead to some associated with that. So highways, bridges, ports, waterways, all that stuff. Yet, according to a breakout from the nonpartisan committee for responsible federal budget, uh, for a responsible federal budget, those provisions account for about $127 billion or a mere Twenty three percent. So twenty three percent is actually going to physical hard infrastructure. I, for one, am shocked. How about you?
1: Well, and I'm not going to I'm not even going to bag on uh, the Democrats here. This is a classic Congress move. Republicans haven't been fiscally conservative in. 30 years. So, yeah, uh, they just took as much time as they could, wrote in as much money as they could for their areas as well. Um, It's going to be a giant money printing operation, which I guess is fine. Um, We're starting to see inflation creep up. Uh, We're going to see how the market kind of like responds to some of this stuff. But ultimately, this is more shiny things for Democratic voters. (laughs) Yeah. Democratic voters will feel good about this and they'll keep voting for their party who gives them things. And mm-hmm. the Republicans are either going to they're just going to try to spin this as some sort of blue collar thing. There's, it's going to be a win for a lot of their districts. It's just a reality. If you go put millions of dollars into some podunk district yeah. and build roads and houses or, or whatever they're actually going to do with the money, mm-hmm. some corrupt politician gets it. Whatever it happens to it, it ends up being some sort of net positive that they run on and it just keeps going. So this is the same as just like, you know, spending, it's it's, it's like a DOD bill. Like you can't yeah. shut down my factory in my podunk town. Like we need to keep building, you know, planes from the forties. Like we just have to do it. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, it's hard for me to just say, you know, this is Democrat infrastructure. It's, it's obviously socialism. It's obviously leftism. It's, it's nanny state and they're going to bake in all the green new deal. It's everything you just said, but you can't get a Republican politician, you know, one or two of them, they talk, they they pay lip service to the idea of conservative or fiscal conservatism. But I have not seen it in 30 years. So, um you know, whatever, term, I, I, uh, we'll see at least my tax. Maybe I can see my tax dollars. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, <the> tax, <laughs> heard- I, I live in New Orleans. The roads are awful. The taxes are high. <laughs> you can't send your kids to frickin uh, public school here pretty much. So I don't know. I don't know where all the tax money goes. We'll figure yeah. it out. Maybe it will all be infrastructure. Maybe they'll freaking uh I'm infrastructure. Out how to I don't know about New you. Orleans from flying off the freaking map. I don't know,
0: but I, I doubt it. I am infrastructure. Personally, I'm infrastructure. I think you're infrastructure as well. Um, here's this a couple of tie things. is
1: infrastructure.
0: This <laughs> uh, one, and this is this is sad, but it just shows how uh, how cynical you can get about this. I was reading this article, and when it said 23%, I was relieved that it was that high. I thought they were going to say, well, it's you know 10% of the actual infrastructure bill is actual hard infrastructure. So unfortunately, 23% sounds pretty good, and it shouldn't because – it's not, it, it's just lying about what it's called, uh, but it just, you know, speaks to the same old adage of Democrats spend money, Republicans lie about it. Um, but it goes on, public transit gets about $39 billion in rail, Amtrak gets $66 billion for a barely used Amtrak. A um, lot of money going to a lot of different places, uh, but the bill gives the gives the feds unprecedented and centralized control over chunks of the economy. Washington, D.C. will now dictate rules in areas that have been, traditionally been managed by local authorities, such as drinking water, even as it muscles on private sector enterprise like broad, broadband. Uh, the bill turns Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg into an electric vehicle czar with the authority to pinpoint new charging stations down to the mile marker. So the federal government is going to take over all of these different things with this bill including drinking water. Can you imagine if you had bad drinking water, you can go protest your city council or your county, even maybe even your state. Um, and, and somebody is going to do, some, the political pressure will mount on those local injuries. Can you imagine if you had to petition Washington, D.C., if your drinking water was bad? It, it, just more and more centralized control in D.C. I don't understand how people think that's a good idea. There's no pressure on D.C. politicians to do anything about anything at any point, uh, especially if it doesn't affect them in their day to day life. And it won't because they're in Washington, D.C. and you're in wherever you are around the country.
1: Uh, Pete Buttigieg is just a completely unimpressive person to me. But uh, what is scary is like. The more intelligent you are, or like perceived intelligence, the more intellectual you are, the more you believe that it's just a better idea for the federal government to run everything because you think you're smarter than everybody else. Mm -hmm. That almost always ends up being a massive disaster, massive failure. Like I do, no, I I want a local area controlling my local politics, my local municipality, all my local sort of, you know, any sort of utilities that I'm, I'm I'm taking care of by People that I like trust in are are, like here, not just like, oh, sorry, this broke. That's, you know, Pete Buttigieg is going to fix it. And then he goes on TV and says something and like nothing happens. like it's like the border crisis. It's like Flint water. It's like all these awful things that have happened. Like when the Democrats are in charge, just nobody talks about it. And so still awful things are going down and it's just like these massive national like federal broken down issues where even like local federal guys like the border patrols like hey i want we should do this no we got to make a political statement we gotta not do anything Mm -hmm. correctly and we'll do the same thing the other guy was doing but media is going to run uh cover for us and everything so Pete Buttigieg being in charge of your drinking water or something like that, like he's, he's ultimately uh, sounds good. If you're a giant leftist and you're like, Oh, Pete Buttigieg, I love that guy. Like, that's awesome. Like he's, he goes on Trevor Noah and everybody loves it. Cause he's like gay <laughs> and it's like, fuck dude. No, nobody cares. Like you are like, I don't want, it's not what I want. That's not what most Americans want who aren't just like glued to like the Cuomo's every night.
0: Yeah. Um, it, so, Pete, he's actually doing the uh, the charging stations. So the gov- the federal government is going to pinpoint charging stations for electric vehicles to try and help sell electric vehicles. Now, there's a lot of people that are making the great point of, well, the federal government, the state, no municipality pinpointed where gas stations should be. And now why is the federal government going to subsidize private industry that would have to do it themselves? Tesla has to have. Charging stations, Nissan, all of these other car companies that are doing electric cars, they have to have charging stations. They're only lobbying the federal government to do it for them. They're asking the federal government to do their job for them. One, the federal government is going to do it poorly. And two, the private sector would take care of it on its own if there was a market for it. The the central plan that's coming out of D.C. to try and create a market for electric vehicles by putting charging stations wherever they think is appropriate, which, again, is going to be wrong because the market should decide where these things go, um, is is only going to turn out bad. Uh, and let's not forget corporate America. The Washington Post reports that the bill has unleashed a lobbying bonanza with more than 2,000 companies and groups engaging Washington, D.C. officials on infrastructure this year alone. It creates $6 billion of handouts For nuclear companies, so this is – we mentioned earlier this is a Solyndra scandal. If you don't remember Solyndra, it was the solar power, clean energy something going in the – during the Obama administration. They got a ton of federal government money. Uh, They paid themselves handsomely and um, ended up being completely bunk. So Harrison, I have a question for you do you think we can pitch something? Let's just say we're on the leading edge of turning coffee tables into re- unlimited renewable energy. And let's just say we get a grant and we pay ourselves $10 million a year and five years later, oh no, it didn't work. Do you think that's a good idea? I think we should do that. I think that sounds like a way that we can get rich. Um, what other... What uh, like are
1: Louisiana things? politics, baby. I'm in.
0: <laughs> um, so anyways, the... Uh, you know, I think federal indictments
1: goes. are kind of cool. Honestly,
0: <laughs> all the okay. cool guys got them now. <laughs> all the cool guys got them. They hang them on their wall. I got indicted <laughs> on this day. They've got the newspaper yeah. article. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's just another kind of crazy, chaotic bunch of nonsense in this infrastructure bill that does nothing to do with actual infrastructure. And unfortunately, it appears like the GOP is attaching themselves onto the massive spending uh, and giving more and more power to the federal government. The federal government, the same federal government headed by Joe Biden that may or may not have committed a impeachable offense last week Uh, regarding the housing and eviction moratorium. So did or did not Joe Biden commit an impeachable offense? If you remember last week, the CDC reinstituted the eviction moratorium. Now, uh, that phrase in and of itself is ridiculous. <laughs> the CDC issued a moratorium on evictions. Um, Harrison, do you know? Do you know if the uh, the FDA uh, monitors the motor oil that you put in your car, or um, let's see, does the FCC, the Federal Communications, uh, do they monitor the flight pattern that your airplane is taking? Um, how and why the CDC has any bearing on? The housing market is just beyond me. Uh, I, I, is HUD it's, going to start prescribing medicine?
1: I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great example of how when leftism kind of starts taking over, or populism, it can go right wing. Mm-hmm. It it, don't get me wrong, but the populism yeah. takes over. We're all scared. Oh, let's rely on this federal this, this federal agency, completely unelected people, by the way. So these are unelected mm-hmm. bureaucrats. Like you could not really get more the idea of deep state. These are yeah. unelected bureaucrats just taking federal domain essentially over property over entire entire aspects of people's lives. It's a mm-hmm. great example of how quickly you can go from like a free country to the federal government runs everything, decides who can do what with their federal property, all those sort of things. That is really scary. And these are, again, unelected officials literally basically taking eminent domain over your house. That is the one that's crazy. That's like that is literally I I can't believe we're even talking about that being okay. And it's all under the guise of doing the right thing for these people that are affected by the pandemic. One thousand percent. I understand people need help, but we cannot mm -hmm. allow the federal government to (laughs) to basically just confiscate like that's basically what they're doing like they're they're commandeering your property
0: that's 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 insane that's like a completely insane unelected officials which is the opposite of what a democracy should be yeah i want to get into the uh the conversation that i had with one of my tenants um the other day which is kind of interesting and the outcome is going to be bad for the tenants um Ultimately, uh, and anyways, I'll get into that a little bit later. But at first, the White House, regarding the CDC issuing mandates, uh, insisted that they do not have the legal authority to extend the national eviction moratorium. After all, the Supreme Court ruled that only Congress could do so. Remember, Brett Kavanaugh wrote the opinion. um, uh, And... I don't want to get into this side tangent, but any, anytime Brett Kavanaugh's name comes up, I want to make sure that we never forget that the media, the Democratic left, called this guy a gang rapist uh, in order to not get him on the bench. Uh, absolutely insane. We should never forget that that happened. But anyways, Brett Kavanaugh came down with the like opinion beer. and said- Yeah, he likes he liked beer. He still likes beer. Um, but- then Cori Bush, who we saw earlier in the episode, camped out in the White House or the Capitol steps instead of heading home to Missouri to help raise awareness and create a national uproar. Uh, so millions of Americans would be behind their rent forgiveness or eviction moratorium nonsense. Uh, by the way, I'm reading out of the um, Real Clear Politics uh, article by Phil Wegman. We like him uh, sometimes, sometimes don't like him. But anyways, uh, coming out of Real Clear Politics, if you want to find it yourself. In a remarkable reversal last Tuesday, less than 24 hours after the White House advisor stood in the briefing room and repeatedly told reporters exactly that the administration saw no legal way to extend the moratorium, the Center for Disease Control announced that a ban of evictions uh, until early October. So the White House said that it is not legal for us to do this. And then less than 24 hours later, they did it anyway. Uh, the new ban looks a lot like the old ban. Even President Biden said that the day that it was announced that a bulk of scholars said it's likely not to pass the constitutional muster. Uh, so here's the problem with this. Joe Biden, the President of the United States, if you're not aware, said that it's probably not going to pass the the, the constitutional test to, to say that this is allowed to do, but did it anyway. So uh, a lot of people are saying that that is clearly a violation of his oath to defend the Constitution. Uh, what say you, Harrison? What does that sound like in your world? It sounds like if
1: he can get away with it, which he's gonna get away with it um, and there's enough people that are pissed off and there's enough political grandstanding um, really by both sides uh, it's gonna go through the Republicans aren't gonna do anything about it they've already put the impeachment um, I think bill in it's not gonna pass nobody's gonna impeach freaking Biden because what, mm-hmm. what what are we gonna do we're we gonna have Kamala Harris president is that is that better that's like ten times worse honestly I think so yeah uh, I think for sure, what he's doing is wrong. It's it's the executive branch usurping more power from Congress. It's been happening. It's another thing that's been happening for 30 years, no matter who is in the White House. Congress doesn't want to do its job. So the executive branch will step in and do things with powers that it is not granted in the Constitution. And we're all going to sit back, and we're going to put our hands behind our back, and we're going to keep nodding and letting it happen and, and keep electing Republicans and Democrats that just don't actually care about the Constitution; they just care about getting elected again, and that's just going to keep happening until you know people actually wake up, people actually like understand that the federal government does not cede these powers back to you after they take them. Once yeah. you give them these powers, they don't go. All right, it's all over now. Like the same thing with the vaccine passport. Like it doesn't matter. It's the, the war on drugs, the war on terror, and the war on um, on coronavirus now. And mm-hmm. because there's a war, we're just going to do whatever we want. And it doesn't really matter what's in the Constitution for you. It doesn't matter. All that matters is I have to keep everybody safe. We just have Can to you keep want- you safe. And if you don't want to keep people safe, then you're not a patriot. And that's that's
0: just ultimately what they do. And it's it's a crazy, crazy mind virus. Can you imagine if the Trump administration said, hey, we know that this is not constitutional, but we're going to do it anyway? Can you imagine the unimaginable outbreak of media losing their mind if the Trump administration had done something like that. Um, basically, what the Biden administration did is just said, this is unconstitutional and we know it, but we're going to do it anyway until they stop us, which is so not in the realm of what presidents should be doing, regardless of whether or not you agree with them. If, if Trump had done that, I would have been like, eh, that's a little weird. I don't think you should do that. Um, but again, doesn't really matter, not really getting a ton of attention because the media um, is not putting forth any effort into recognizing it. Uh, I did want to say one quick thing about how the eviction ban affects individuals. First things first, uh, not every landlord is a bazillionaire. Uh, like your AOCs or your Bernie Sanders tends to think. People think that landlords are just swimming in money. Uh, I can tell you firsthand, I am not swimming in money. I wish I was. I here, I wish AOC was correct. I wish that every single landlord, myself included, had a yacht in the harbor and a private plane to go wherever they wanted to go. And we're just swimming in unlimited amounts of money constantly 100% of the time. But that's not the case. What's happening is that If that was the case, you'd probably
1: be a Democrat.
0: (laughs) Yes, seriously. (laughs) Uh, But what's happening is people are uh, not being able to make their mortgage payments and small family-owned property businesses or individuals who are invested in real estate are having to sell their properties. And who are they selling them to? They're selling them to big banks and hedge funds and all of these other real estate, massive mogul funds. Uh, And What they're doing by creating an eviction moratorium is telling the little guy, we're not going to help you out. And they're going to perpetuate this whole big, massive corporate housing structure that they say that they're against. Here's the conversation that I had with one of my tenants who said, Hey, uh, the eviction moratorium is happening has been paying she's been paying the entire time but the eviction moratorium is happening and maybe you know i'm going to see what that looks like here's what i said as a home property owner i'm going to get my rent money whether it's from you or whether it's from the government right the, the eviction moratorium doesn't eliminate rent right the eviction moratorium says that we're going to post date all of the payments. So in six months or whenever this thing expires, you're going to owe me a balloon payment of all of this rent. Now that can happen. You still have to pay rent. That can happen. And if you don't, now I have to go get rental assistance from the government. And in order to do that, I have to show that you are living here. We have a contracted agreement for, and this is what the contract is for. And then I have to give them your information and tell them you didn't pay. Now, Your objective here as a tenant is to eventually save up enough money to buy a house. Having this sort of thing happen to where the government comes in and backfills the rent that you owed kills your credit score and would completely diminish the ability for you to buy a house in the future. So. Not only does the eviction moratorium hurt these small-time homeowners or property owners uh, who have tenants that aren't paying rent, it also—and I would say more so—hurts the people that are paying that are not paying rent and want to move in the future to be part of the ownership class. It's hurting everybody except the big hedge funds that AOCs and your Bernies are saying that we, we we're down with the rich man. No, that's literally you're propping up. All of your rich folks who own homes or own property and have tenants, and you're killing small business owners, and you're killing tenants who will have their credit scores and their financial future ruined if the state has to come in and backfill the rent that they owe. Uh, sorry, that was a little bit of a screed, a little bit of a rant, but that, that's just what's happening. You're 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 saying that this eviction moratorium is helping the The lower or middle lower class, it's not. It is screwing them harder than anybody and only helping your upper real estate moguls who have the cash to stay afloat and buy out everybody else who's getting pushed out of the market because of your stupid laws. Jeez, uh, yeah. sorry, that was a that was a long one. <laughs> um, no, man,
1: I mean, you're hundred percent right and you you're feeling it yourself. You understand you're on the ground. like how many of these politicians? I mean, I'm sure they all own some real estate, but like yeah. how many of them are really like how many of them really understand like the day-to-day under like process and issues and all the intricacies? Like there's always I get it, like it was the nice thing to do, but there's all these unintended consequences we're not thinking about. And honestly, if you're gonna print money like every few months, just why don't we give it to the landlords or something? Like I'm I'm sure that's somewhere in somebody's like plan, but it's this like, is they're doing. we're doing is that. money that people need. Like, and so here's, what's going to happen. Landlords are just going to bail on their property. They'll just sell it. And then mm-hmm. people won't take care of it. We'll have blight all over this country. We're going to have issues. Like people don't, landlords, I know landlords right now like that are just trying to get out of properties. They have tenants that yeah. aren't going to pay. They're like, I just need to bail on this and the housing market's high right now. And eventually like that's, this is, this will collapse the bubble eventually. Like we already know that um, housing defaults are going up soon. Like all of these different things, like the rent is one thing. All all the um, all the banks, everybody, have fronted these loans. Like people are not paying their their mortgages, so mm-hmm. eventually all these forbearances, all these things are going to come due. We have one of the highest um, percentages, like leverage in credit default swaps. Again, just like we did back in two thousand eight. They call them something different now. I forget exactly what they are, but the number is like almost exactly what it was back in 2008 if not bigger just because of the size of the of the economy but i mean we're looking at another massive housing bubble lots of money is backed up by these mortgages and honestly like all the and then all the rental underneath that as well so uh that's just uh, that is an impending doom but hey again the democrats think we can just print money and like modern monetary theory like 10, 15 years ago, people didn't talk <laughs> yeah. about it, but now that's just what people are talking about. Like it's like full-blown Alan Greenspan, print money, we back it up with our military. That's basically how it works now. And I think A- that's what AOC wants. AOC thinks we can just print money. So yeah. we we'll see if that works. We can be Venezuela and Zimbabwe or we're gonna be freaking starship troopers. Like, I don't know. Apparently, we just spend, we just print all the money in the world and just be all of us can just be rich. Why can't we all just be millionaires? Why doesn't <laughs> yeah, it work like that? that? Doesn't make yeah. any sense like okay, it's just crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it's a it's a wild time that we live in. And and, and again, perpetuating uh, the Democrats are saying that they're wanting to close this gap, but they're only making it bigger with all of these eviction moratoriums, all of these COVID rules, all this nonsense. Um, but anyways. Covered a lot of stuff. You didn't get to catch all of it. If you're watching live now, you want to see the beginning of it. Make sure you go check out the podcast uh, on Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. Go watch it on Facebook. Go watch it on YouTube. Anywhere you watch. Uh, Harrison Weinhold, uh, strategist, digital strategist, works with Daily Caller as well as his own uh, Capital Labs. Uh, check him out whenever you get a chance or wherever you get a chance. Harrison, any last thoughts before we uh, before we get out of here?
1: Yo, know, I I think people need to really. Listen, get the vaccine, do all the right things, wear your mask, all that stuff. But at some point, just recognize that the more powers you give to the government, like the less control you have over your own life. And you need Mm -hmm. to just, you need to, at some point you need to make a decision. What's more important to you, freedom or safety, freedom or comfort. Um, And I hope you choose freedom. Yeah. And you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, Radio Harrison and uh, my website's harrison.fm, like the radio.
0: Awesome, awesome, uh, Harrison Whitehall. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we will stick around really quick, and we'll we'll recap after this. But uh, Harrison Whitehall, thanks so much. We will uh, we'll see you again soon. Um, thanks so much for watching this episode. We covered a lot. If again, if you haven't, if you're just watching now and you haven't been able to catch all of it, what's going on? We talked about all the headlines that came out of late last week as well as the weekend, uh, as well as. Uh, The Biden administration committing a very much probably impeachable offense and the infrastructure bill that has gone just bananas in in new spending and pork spending and all this other nonsense. Uh, so, thanks so much for tuning into the Joe Bob Show. If you haven't already, go check out my show on Daily Caller called Quality Control, where we go deep on all of the biggest political, cultural issues of the day, what's going on uh, in a deeper, more articulated form. Uh, There's once a week over on the Daily Caller. Thank you to Capitalist Propaganda, your best place to get the gear that tells your socialist friends that their ideas completely suck. Uh, again, if you haven't had the opportunity, go check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Just search The Joe Bob Show. It'll come up. Or there's a link in the show notes to take you to whatever streaming platform you prefer. Thanks so much for tuning into The Joe Bob Show. We will see you tomorrow with TPUSA contributor John Root. Have a great day. God bless America.